So in our last episode, Pat, um, we mentioned that we were going to talk about our thoughts on app stores, um, or as you mentioned just to me a second ago, trusted computing environments, which is yeah. quite a nice little nice little term. Um, I want to start off by saying my what I know will be seen by some as quite a controversial view. I think I've shared it before um, on on the Bro Show. Um, That's the Bro Show. Uk. Thank you. I know I can rely on you to do that. <laughs> uh, is that I I don't mind the App Store. I it doesn't bother me. Um, I quite like the idea of having a closed environment um, because you know you limit in your uh, viruses and stuff. Mm. Um, which is all right now. Even if we had an open environment, which we've had on the Mac forever, nobody's ever got really hurt, have they? But I mean, look at Apple now. I mean, if you if somebody could come up with a virus for an iPhone, it would be out there. I mean, mm-hmm. look at I mean, in the last over the last couple of weeks, there's been serious problems on Android, and there's been multiple applications which have got malware in them. Yeah. I mean, I am I am a, a secret fan ish of my Android phone. I like it, but I would if there is one device in the world that I do not want to have a virus, it's my mobile telephone. Yeah, I mean, because you know, computer's bad enough, but if that thing starts making phone calls to people on its own, sending premium rate text messages, you know. Yeah, I'm losing money straight out of my pocket. But anyway, yeah. Well, and uh, you know, and you bring up kind of an interesting, uh, uh, interesting side point, which is, or side thought, or side query, uh, which is, <clears throat> why is that? Why are you know? It, why is it? And this is a rhetorical question. Don't answer it straight away because I'm going to okay. posit what I believe it is. You can call me, tell me if I'm wrong, but. Um, the the phone is is the most personal of personal computers, isn't it? That's why you have a different feeling about it. It's not so much just the money. It, it almost gets back to the whole augmented humanity, cyborg, second self sort of thing, right? I mean, while the computer is on your desk and if it goes down, you know, certainly that's a problem. If it gets affected with a virus, that's a problem. But, you know, your phone, that's messing with your pocket in more than one way. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah. I, it's actually something that is on my person. Yeah. And then that makes it kind of intrusive. Yeah. Like personal even. Yeah. Even because because it's, it's more a part of you. Because my contact information is on my computer as well. Yeah. But I'm more freaked out by my contact information coming off my phone, even though it's in the same place. Yeah, it's the even same though it's the same, the same data, right. It doesn't bother me. It, for, not doesn't bother me, but it doesn't bother me as much to yeah. think that it's coming off. It's weird. Well, yeah, because you have a completely different personal relationship with the computer that is in your pocket versus the one that's on your desktop. Mm-hmm. It's a much more personal. It's a much more intimate relationship. I don't. Know, I just. I find that aspect of it frightening. It's somewhat off topic from where we, where we were going, where I think we ultimately want to go with this conversation. But so I, I think it's interesting. I agree. The iOS app store has never done me wrong, um, and and that's one of the main reasons why I don't have a problem with it. I've never thought to myself, "Ah, oh, crap." That app didn't go through. 
I mean, you know, all right, I didn't like it that readability didn't go through, but I have Instapaper. Instapaper does it fine, and it will put the money through to readability, which is all I want to do anyway. Yep. Um, I mean, can any? I mean, if I ask you now, has there been any application that you can actually remember because it still affects you that didn't get accepted into the iOS app store? Not no, nothing. Nothing that I think was just so groundbreaking. You know, really, really needed it that you know, or that a I couldn't find a reasonable workaround, or b um, you know, thought it was patently you know wrong or unfair or you know. Or that sort of thing, or that you know, another alternative didn't exist. I mean, I think of things like uh, when you know Google Voice and you know Google Voice related apps uh, were in the App Store, and then and then they got pulled by Apple um, when Apple decided to. You know, I, I can't remember whether it was Apple changing the App Store agreement and thus disqualifying them, or I, I can't remember what the real story was. But they pulled them for whatever reason, right? Um, and you know there was some battle going back and forth for a few months before Apple finally let them back in again. And maybe it was even a year. Uh, I forget it. Was yeah, a while. it seems like about a year. Yeah. I mean, you can say we you know a lot of people pontificate yeah. on the reasoning for that, and yeah, they were probably worried that the FTC were after them. But nevertheless, they are there. Yeah. Now yeah. I use Google Voice for my main business number, um, and so you know not having a kind of a native app on the phone to be able to you know to be able to handle that side of my communications was you know a pain but not a deal breaker mm. but but you know I, I think I want to you know you said something interesting that I want to get back to which is that you never you're never afraid of installing anything are you on the app store nope I mean you never like pause to say ooh I don't know. This might this might be dangerous, or I don't know what this is, or you know, it might harm my might harm my phone. It might have malware. You don't you don't worry about those things, right? Nope, don't need to. But that's not the way it is with, with Android. And another thing, the the iOS App Store keeps out a lot of the crap. I mean, the yeah. Android App Store you can't find. You cannot. I don't care what anyone says. I have an Android phone. And I use it. I'm not bashing on them. You can't find anything good. I mean, if I go to the iOS app store, I can browse and will probably leave with something. Yeah. If I go to the Android app store, most of the time I'm leaving because I'm too confused. Yeah. Well, and and I think, you know, I think there's something to be said for... um, Number one, you know, as much as uh, as many fart apps and flashlight apps and everything else that are out there, um, I do think that what you bring up is true, which is that it's a, it's a fairly well curated experience that you know that you can rely to a certain extent, not wholly, but to a certain extent on the you know on. The, the reviews and the number of times an app has been downloaded and things like that, that when you go to like the top 25 or the top 50 or you do a search for something and it gives you the choices and you kind of scan through to see, okay, which one of these sounds like the best one for my needs, you can generally find it and find it pretty quickly. And once again, I have to state, you click, you buy, you install with no fear whatsoever. Now, you may get it and decide, oh, well, I made the wrong choice, that wasn't right for me, or I don't like the way, but it's not about 
this thing infecting your system or harming it in any way or, you know, causing it to crash or anything like that. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So well, let's, it, let's extend, you know, okay. just the iOS app store, the Mac app store, app stores in general. Yeah. If Apple got on stage tomorrow and Steve come out and gave us all 100 products that we want to see, but then says, there is one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hellfire and Brimstone comes from the ceilings and he says that the Mac app store is now the only way that you'll be able to download applications onto these beautiful super fast super duper new macintoshes yeah what is your feeling um number one i fully expect that to happen at some point i don't think that that's a fantasy at all i think that that's very much a reality um the experience that uh that they have had um with the with the ios app store and people's uh people's comfort uh comfort and uh and trust uh that has come along with that um they definitely see that as a good thing but i think the untold story here is how much companies and enterprise sees that as a good thing Right, that's the thing that no one, not a lot of people are talking about, and I don't understand why. Because that's almost the bigger play on Apple's part, but it's the one that's kind of hidden in the background that no one is seeing. You know, can Microsoft go to, you know, take you know, take a Microsoft tablet computer, and and now I could say, can Android do this? Go to a company, and say. We can guarantee you that this will be that this will be virus free. That there's no way to get malware or virus onto the device in in a way uh, in the way that the system's set up. So you can feel comfortable giving this to your employees, um, and you could have one IT guy who could support all three thousand of them. And tell you what, we're going to give you a back-end system that will allow you to even control what your users can and can't install from beyond there, right? So we're, we're, going to, we're going to give you, basically, while we certainly are the gatekeepers, we're also going to give you a second level of, of ability to say, yeah, you want your users to be able to install iWork, but you don't want them to be able to install Angry Birds, I mean, can you imagine what that says to a company? I mean, they would fall all over themselves and say, this is great. We want 7,000 of these, one for every one of our employees. And can, can we get this on the desktop too? Because, you know, we now have, you know, a team of IT people that run around all day on Windows trying to get, keep people from installing crap on their systems uh, by themselves and, uh, you know, crapping up their systems and breaking things and whatnot, and not to mention the virus and malware and everything else that we're having to fight a daily struggle against, right? I mean, and, and, and that's the thing, right? That's the thing that the Mac has always brought, right? You You take it out of the box and you open it up and you start it up and you just start using it 
And, you know, you hop on the web, and you open Safari, and you do your thing and whatnot. You can't do that with a PC. <laughs> right? Because you can't open the web before you've got Norton. There you go. I mean, think about it. Here's, here's what it takes, you know, without getting into too much detail, but just to give people some idea. Here's my standard practice when setting up a PC for a client. It happens from time to time. A client needs a PC for whatever reason, okay? Get new PC. Put on protective gloves. <laughs> Practically. <laughs> Fire up PC. Turn it on. The very first thing I do is run a program uh, that I keep on a USB drive. Now, I don't plug the computer into Ethernet. I don't connect. It's wireless. I do not plug that thing into the Internet yet. That, that, that's, that doesn't come till far down the road, right? <laughs> right? The very first thing I do is take this little USB key, stick it in, and run this program called PC Decrapifier. <laughs> it used to be Dell Decrapifier, but they've expanded it to work on any PC. And basically what it does is it goes through and it finds um, all of the crapware and subscriptionware that PC manufacturers make side deals with companies to pre-install on machines that basically do nothing but slow it down, right? And the first thing I do is get rid of all that crap, right? And then there's the thing, the thing that they that they do uh, to, you know, they install virus protection out of the box, which is almost always some subscription-based virus protection where they're giving you three months free, but they've made some deal with Symantec or McAfee or any one of these other uh, crappy viral, virus protection companies, rackets, if you ask me, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> to... You know, to pre-install this stuff so that the user says, oh, okay, well, it's already I don't have to worry. And, you know, and three months down the road, it's like, well, if you want to continue being protected, you've got to fork over some money. And if that isn't a protection scheme, excuse my French, if that isn't a protection scheme, I don't know what is. I mean, that's no, that's no different than, than uh, you know, uh, you live in an area where the mafia is controlling it and they, sh you know, they show up and say, you know, hey, you know, that's a pretty nice window there you got in your new butcher shop. It'd be a shame if it got broken. <laughs> right? <laughs> you should give us some money to keep that from happening because you never know what could happen. If you don't pay them the money, they break the window. They what say, well, well, you know. So, but but wait, I want to, I want to continue. So, okay, now I've gotten rid of virus protection, so I can't plug it into the internet yet because now I have to go out and download and install some free virus protection. There's plenty of free good stuff out there, AVG free. Um, you know, I don't know. There's tons of stuff. It's absolutely free. You don't need to pay for virus protection on a PC. Um, but now I install that, right? So basically, I've had to return the system back to a stock Windows system before I can even, and then install antivirus before I can even put it on the web. I don't trust the machine. I don't trust the environment the machine lives in. Before I can even start using the machine, I have to trust it. Yeah. I, I trust my Mac. And I'd trust it even more if 
if I knew that the only way of getting stuff onto it was vetted and protected and such, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Especially if I were an average user, right? As an advanced, you know, power user, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at these things. And uh, but the average user, especially those switching from a PC, they haven't trusted computers for 20 years. You have to rebuild that trust. And how better to rebuild it than not only to, you know, to give them the trust out of the box, to tell them it's okay, you can start it up, you can connect to the internet, nothing will hurt you. But to even go one step further and say, and as a matter of fact, nothing can get into, onto this machine unless we've checked it first. That's some powerful stuff. To an individual user, it's especially powerful to a business. So obviously we appreciate that the people that listen to this show, you know, we would assume that they're geeks and nerds. And I understand, I mean, I'm not an idiot, you know, I understand why you don't, why people don't want that to happen. You know, it makes, you know, because people like to be able to tinker. Mm-hmm. Fine, that is fine. You know, people, you're more than welcome to do that. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I you know... If I'm looking for an app now, the first place I look for is the Mac App Store because I know that if I buy another Mac, I don't need to get a new license code. If I want to put something on another Mac in the house, I can just do that. That's fine. Um, you know, if I want to, if I buy an app and Terry needs the app, and go, tell just put your code in, put my uh, just authenticate it, download it. Mm-hmm. Um, updates are done nicely for me. You know, mm-hmm. things work well, and I don't have to worry about anything. Yep, I like that. I like not to have to worry about my machine. It's, I mean, and that's, you know, and that's just it, right? It's the, you know, and that's the promise, right? The promise is, is that, yeah, we're forking over a lot of a lot of personal control, but on the same account, um, yeah. It's that tricky struggle, right? I mean, I don't want to sound for a second that I'm, you know, that I'm advocating this on any other level than right here on my Mac. Um, I mean, it's one of the, I'd, I'd say one of the key struggles we face in 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 our Western democracies today, um, the U.S. specifically, but you know, moving on to yours as well. Um, and you know that is at, at what at what price do we give up freedom for security? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and and that trade is going to be different. It's not always going to scale well, and it's uh, you know, you know, and on a larger life political perspective is a completely different thing than when I'm right here on a, in a computing perspective but I'll I'll tell you this and that is you know I'm not going to let this cyborg implant called called the phone that you know the iPhone that walks around in my pocket and allows me access to all, every piece of information I could ever desire in the world uh, pretty much for the most part um, um I'm I'm certainly not going to have it in my pocket if I can't trust it, and the only way I can trust it is to is to basically kind of give up the kind of freedom that would allow me to, you know, 
well, that comes along with jailbreaking and, you know, things like that, you know. Yeah. So I hope there are always options. The options are good because I think I think they they keep the you know they allow an escape path. Um, mm-hmm. You know if you know uh, you know a, a a regime can't be a regime unless they really kind of close their borders and keep people from from realistically being having a having an option to escape. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that that's you know I think that's important. Uh, there needs to be alternatives, but you know, on the same account, if that if that regime is going to make my life better and promise to keep me safe from all of those on the outside who might seek to. Uh, take all of that away from me uh, I'll gladly give up my freedom in exchange you know so I think that we've we may surprise people on this show I think I, I, I don't think that people would necessarily assume that we'd say what we said yeah and I you know I hope it's it's not taken the wrong way there are other people that echo our, our sentiments as well that do you know that do the stuff that we do um I just think, as I said, I just think that on the whole, Apple have not hurt us so far. So it's kind of, for me anyway, I kind of find it, I would find it silly for me to to say to myself, oh, well, you know, they, you know, that I, I can't trust them with yeah. this. Because I've not personally been put at a loss. Yeah, I mean, the jury is still out, but... Mm, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, there's, oh, there's, there's so many things they could do wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so but so far, so far things are, are have been have been all right, so... Um, you know, I guess it remains to be seen. So, yeah, I, I guess, you know, when it comes down to it, 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 you know, don't be surprised when, when that day comes, when... Yeah. The only way onto the Mac is through the Mac App Store. And, uh, you know, folks like RDO and folks like, you know, Crash Plan and, you know, like we discussed on the last show, they're, they're either going to have to, they're going to have to come along on that ride or they're going to have to go elsewhere. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, both a good and a bad thing. But I, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, the the underlying purpose of doing so is, you know, yeah, to a certain extent uh, about control, but, you know, but to another extent is what's is what makes Apple successful. Yep. So. There'll always be Windows. <laughs> yep, and I'm sure that uh, that Linux will always be floating around out there for the people who are really paranoid. <laughs> so, all right, well. Thanks a lot, Mike. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk later. Nice one, buddy. Cheers. Cheers.